Have you ever wondered why Concordia students wear beanies? Is there a reason for all of the rings besides that they look cool? How do people feel about the bell tower? All of these questions will be answered today on Corn School Does What? Hi, and welcome to our podcast. My name is Logan. I'm Chloe. And I'm Christina. Today we are talking, t- talking about questions about the history of Concordia. Why do we have the traditions that are unlike any other school? We are dividing up today's podcast episode into three parts. The infamous yellow beanie, the covering, and the bell tower. Each member of the podcast has done separate research and will be presenting it to the other two. We will be giving raw reactions to that information. So without further ado, let's get started. The tradition of a cobbler beanie has changed so much since it's being started in 1922. It actually started as a green felt cap with a maroon ribbon tied around it, getting the name of green cap. In 1927, rules surrounding how long the caps were to be worn were formed. Freshmen had to wear the caps from the start of the year through homecoming. At homecoming, there were contests to determine whether the freshmen and sophomores had to wear the caps for an extra two weeks. The boys would play a game of tug of war, and the girls would have a foot race. If tied, the boys would then participate in a foot race to break the tie. They also had created specific times of day where the caps had to be worn. Monday through Friday, they would have to wear them from 7.45 a.m. to 7.45 p.m., but it would only go until 6.30 p.m. on Saturdays. They didn't have to wear them at all on Sundays. Eventually, the German-produced green dye creating these green caps would become unavailable, so they got rid of the caps in 1942. What do you guys think about the green caps, and how would you feel about wearing a green cap instead of a yellow one? I feel like the yellow beanie is ugly enough. I can't imagine wearing a green one with a maroon ribbon. That just sounds horrible. I think it's odd that they even had a green cap in the first place, considering that we don't have green in our school colors, and I just don't think it'd be very appealing to wear. I agree. Well, in 1954, they started the orientation club, the first year orientation clubs, and the freshmen of 1955 were the first people to receive our traditional maroon and gold beanies. The, tradi- the traditions continued for on for another 10 years, and in 1965, the upperclassmen started to not participate in the traditions of the beanie. After taking off a year off from the beanies, the tra- traditions came back and are still going on today. It was the class of 1969 that re- didn't receive a beanie, and they were gifted the beanies at their 20-year reunion. So how much did you guys actually wear your beanies through orientation? I wore them very little because I have a pretty large head, so I couldn't really fit my head in the first place. But whenever like the beanie patrol came around, I would put it on so I can get those prizes. I keep, I kept like forgetting mine everywhere, and I never got any beanie prizes. But I did wear it like a couple of times, and I wore them when we beat the president. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I didn't wear mine much either, but that's okay. One thing that has changed a lot over the years is how long the beanies were worn. When they were first introduced, students were supposed to wear them and were expected to wear them until the first Concordia touchdown in the fall. Then it was changed to wearing them until the pep rally before the Moorhead State and Concordia Crystal Bowl game in the fall, which is now called the Power Bowl game. In 1996, the beanie toss tradition that we know began, where all freshman students gathered on Mullen Hill after convocation, taking their beanies off and throwing it in the air to mark the end of the long orientation week. Clearly, the beanie has changed a lot over time and the traditions along with it. So what are your guys' thoughts on what I shared with you today? I think the history of the beanie is really interesting from the competitions of how long you had to wear it, from the colors of the beanie, and then along with like, and along with um, the beanie toss being introduced in 1996. I think it's pretty cool that we don't have to wear them for that long anymore because I think they're kind of ugly still, but like, you know, it was a fun tradition, but I'm glad that it wasn't like forced on us to wear them all the time.
moving on to the next section, the copper ring. One thing I've always been curious about is the origins and the significance behind the copper ring. For those of you who don't know, the ring is worn on the right ring finger of Concordia students starting in either their junior or their senior year. It is a gold ring with a maroon top, a C in the middle of the maroon, with the year you graduate inside of that. There's a lot about this ring that's significant for the students who go here. I was really surprised at all the things I learned about it. First, starting off with the history. The history of the ring is quite fascinating. Before 1920, copper students designed their own class rings every year. So the seniors would get together and they would decide what kind of ring they wanted. Then in 1920, they adopted the standardized ring that everyone here recognizes today. In the time, that time was formative for the institution. That same year, 1920, they passed the school's mission statement, which we have on that rock out by Knudsen. Also, a few years later, they wrote the hymn to Concordia as well. Do you guys remember when we were like at convocation and we were just standing there and everyone else was saying the Concordia hymn and I just felt like so confused. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I was very confused. I honestly had no idea what was going on. The first week, first week of orientation was quite a weird week, so I didn't, I don't remember much from it. Yeah, I just remember like standing in the in memorial and just being so confused. They didn't really hand out a bulletin with the words, so everyone like knew what they were doing apparently except for us, which. I feel like there's like a weird balance at this school where they're like trying to embarrass all the freshmen but at the same time trying to make us feel like secure and welcome and it's like this funny thing, I don't know. Anyways, so one of the things about the Concordia ring that is super unique is the ring day and the ceremony behind it. The juniors and seniors, a lot of them get their rings depending on the year, junior or senior year. And the students, they used to camp out at the bookstore the night before, like they would sleep at the bookstore as like a rite of passage to get your ring, but that stopped and it's more of a commemorative day. They always do it in the atrium with snacks and a festival atmosphere. I think usually the mascot shows up and takes some pictures. The pictures from the day are pretty fun to look at. There's always a picture where they all are holding up their ring and it's like up from above and you can just see all of their new rings and they're all super happy about it. Anyway, do you want to hear something else I learned? Besides the US military service, meaning like the Air Force, the military academy, and like the Navy and all of those things, Concordia College is the second most highest percentage of people who wear their class ring. That's really crazy. Like Concordia is behind only the military in the amount of people who wear their class ring. Any thoughts? That's wild to me. I mean, I think it's crazy that students would like stand, would like sleep outside of the bookstore to get their ring. And then that crazy statistic that Chloe just said, it just really shows the rich tradition that we have at Concordia and how, and how proud people are to be Concordia Cobbers. Yeah, I thought like the statistic was interesting because Concordia is a pretty small school in comparison to how big the Navy and Air Force and like the U.S. Military Academy is. Just like, there's not that many people coming out of Concordia, so the fact that or second to wear our rings is pretty cool. I agree. So also the ring has a lot of significance to a lot of people. I was reading up on it on a whole bunch of articles and a lot of things, a lot of different people talked about the way that their ring symbolized their journey through college and reminds them of it. So like they, one article I read, it was talking about how like it commemorated their IWC class and all of their all-nighters and all of their crazy papers. And it was like a significant um, symbol of their journey. In an article for the Concordia website that are on the Concordia website that I saw, I'll put it in the link below. It talks about a bunch of crazy places that Cobbers have found other graduates of the school. And it had everywhere from Paris, the US Capitol building, the tops of, or the tops of mountains in the Galapagos Islands to right here in the Fargo-Moorhead area. 
Logan, you're from Grand Forks. Is there a lot of people that you would notice wearing copper rings around there? There are actually a couple. I remember one time I was at the gym and I saw and um, someone was some random person was working out and I had a Concordia sticker on my water bottle and she talked to and this random person came up to me and said, Hey, are you going to Concordia? I'm like, Yeah, I'm going there this fall. And she's like, Oh, I'm wearing my ring right now. And we talked about Concordia for a while. And my um, high school Spanish teacher actually went to Concordia and she told me about showed me her ring and um, we talked about Concordia for a little bit. Yeah, I know that like since I've grown up in the Fargo-Moorhead area, I've seen people wearing their rings all over the place. I've had lots of teachers who wear them, and you just kind of like walk around the grocery store and you see people wearing that ring, and I think it's kind of a cool, significant thing that Concordia does. So to wrap it up, copper rings have some fun traditions, and the significance behind them is fairly important to a lot of people, and I hope you learned something today from it. The spectacle of Concordia that I've been curious about for quite some time is the Bell Tower. The Palazzo Dover Campanile, also known as the Bell Tower, is one of the distinctive characteristics of Concordia College. The Bell Tower is an important representation of the Concordia community and contributes to the current identity of our college. The Bell Tower has a rich history that started in 1991. The Campanile was constructed in 1991 in celebration of Concordia's centennial. The tower stands 100 feet tall and it costs around $1.2 million to build. Did you guys know how recent that the bell tower is built? Definitely not. I thought it was like a lot older because they make such a big deal about it when we're like touring and just like throughout orientation and for it to only be like what 30 something years old like you would think it's that big of a deal. I think it's interesting like a lot of the there's a lot of old buildings around this campus and then you just kind of assume that the bell tower is one of them because it feels like something that would be really old but it's not. I don't know. There's a lot of symbolism behind the 100-foot structure. The tower is named after Paul J. Dover, the former president of Concordia, who made the statements that the imposing structure serves as a front door to welcome generations of new students. There are many other aspects of the tower that have special significance. The large cross that dominates the Paul J. Dover Campanile is symbolic of Concordia's global mission and goal. The towering structure's gold-plated cross symbolizes the institution's distinctive Christian belief and affiliation with the ELCA which is the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. The largest bell is inscribed with the words, dedicated to the glory of God and to all who have built and continue to sustain Concordia College. This inscription is significant because it not only mentions the glory of God, but also dedicates itself to all those who have contributed to the college's ability to educate young people. This can be perceived as, an, as another way to reiterate Concordia's official mission statement, which is the purpose of Concordia College is to influence the affairs of the world by sending into society thoughtful and informed men and women dedicated to the Christian life. Did you guys know about the symbolism, symbolism behind the tower? I think I assumed that there was a lot of symbolism behind it because of how important it is to like the college itself, but I don't think I ever knew any of the specifics behind it. Yeah, I would agree. Like, I think there was obviously some implied like symbolism to it, but I didn't know like about the inscriptions on the bells or anything like that. So we know that the tower was named after former President Paul J. Dover, but why was it named after him? President Dover rose to prominence as an, as an advocate for higher education, particularly Christian higher education, while at Concordia. In a study conducted at Bowling Green University, he was ranked among the top 100 college and university presidents, or in the top 3%. 
His contributions to Concordia include raising more than $150 million for the university, the construction of the Olson Forum, the Centennial Mall, the Campanile, and the reconstruction of the Vinston Hall of Music were all made possible with the aid of this funding, along with a sizable number of student scholarships. Dover was president from 1974 to 1999, and he was interim president twice, from 2003 to 2004, and from 2010 to 2011. Did you guys know who Paul J. Dover was before today, and did you know about the contributions he had to Concordia? I knew who he was, and I knew that like he was a really great president, but I didn't know a whole lot of the specifics. Yeah, I didn't really know. I've heard his name thrown around like a couple times, especially like through orientation week, but I didn't really know he did all that. So, over the past couple of years, a superstition, or a curse, has developed regarding the bell tower. The legend of the bell tower is that if a student walks under it alone, he or she will be alone forever, but if two students walk through the tower together, they'll be with that person forever. It is not confirmed if this legend is true or not, but there are many people who believe both sides in the myth. Do you guys believe in the myth? Um, not really. Like, I think it's fun to engage in, but I've also been, like, dragged under the bell tower with a friend, and, like... We're like friends, but I don't know if we'll be friends forever. <laughs> I think that's fair. I know of a couple people, at least two, who have gone under with someone, and then that relationship did not end very well. So I think that it's a cool thing to, like, I don't know, have some fun, but I don't think it actually is real. As we all know, the bells can be quite deafening and startling, especially when you're in close proximity to the tower. I bet that at one point or another in the year, all of us have been startled by the ringing of the bells while walking around campus. Throughout the day, starting at 8 a.m. and ending at 10 p.m., the bells ring every 15 minutes, so you can only imagine how annoying it could be for people who live in a dorm like Liv Dolan, which is really close to the bell tower. Here, I will ask Bryn Drevlow, who is a re resident in Liv Dolan, about her experience at the bell tower. So Bryn, how has the bell tower affected you since you live in Liv Dolan? It's been a bit odd at first. Um, when I first came to Concordia, it was hard adjusting because I live super close to the bell tower, so I would wake up a lot during the night. Um, but I don't know, ever since second semester, I've kind of adjusted and it hasn't been too bad, but sometimes it does scare me a little bit when it just goes off at random times. Thank you. I don't know about you guys, but I feel like I've learned a lot today. I did too. There's so much about this school that is fascinating, and it's cool that as carvers we get to be a part of it. From Chloe, Logan, and Christina, this has been Corn School Does What? Thanks for tuning in.